Welcome to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. Your source for everything outdoors. Let's kick it into overdrive. Overdrive Outdoors podcast brought to you by Predator Hunter Outdoors. Whether you are new to predator hunting or looking to upgrade your equipment, Predator Hunter Outdoors will have you hunting after the sun goes down. Carrying a full line of lights, night vision, and thermal optics, along with tripods, calls, mounting systems, and more, check them out at www.predatorhunteroutdoors.com or on Facebook at Predator Hunter Outdoors. Use promo code OVERDRIVE2021 for 20% off your order. Want to lengthen your time in the field and shorten your scouting time? Not only does the HuntWise app show you property boundaries, landowners' names, and in some cases even their phone number, but using the app will show you the wind direction on the map of the place you want to hunt. And the HuntCast feature shows peak movement times for various species, including predators. Get the HuntWise app at www.huntwise.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. For only $59.99 a year for Pro or $119.99 a year for Elite. Use promo code OVERDRIVE20 for 20% off an annual membership. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. Tonight it's me, Josh, co host Kevin Rott, and this week we have very special, and when I say very special, I mean very special. Mr. Kevin Williams, who comes from us all comes to us all the way from Florida, uh, aka hippie in our in our message boards. Kevin, how the heck are you? Oh man. I, you know, I guess I could say living the dream. It's been I I love it here. I do miss some of Michigan. Um, but I'm happy here. You guys can come down and visit anytime, but if it's snowing, I ain't coming back. <laughs> well, yeah, you probably got about another month to st- uh, not worry about more snow. But I think, I think it's all rain coming. They're saying for the next week, and it's supposed to drop from the 60s back down into the 40s by the end of the week here. You're Michigan, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, where in Michigan were you originally from? So originally, I was up in the Flint area, Genesee County. And then um, the last 15 years I was in Michigan, I moved down to Lenaway County. So down around Adrian, Ohio border down that way. My dad's old stomping grounds. Yep. Yep. What was your experience in Michigan growing up? I mean, were you always hunting, fishing? Did that come to you at a late Oh, yeah. Well, especially in Genesee County. You know, there's some big bucks taken in Genesee County every year. I mean, it's just a good place. Um, Back when I was really young, the pheasant hunting was still good. Back um, then, did you guys more... use did you use a sling? <laughs> we did. Well, I'd wear the loincloth and jump out of the tree and stab them. Yeah, that's go pretty all, much uh, how we go that's all how we rolled back then. <laughs> Take it back into the cave and there's <laughs> 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 uh, probably some bird throttling joke there somewhere. Um, but you know, fishing, I grew up by a reservoir like seriously like a block away from a reservoir and as a kid from the time i was like and these were 
easier times. But from the time I was like seven years old, I could just, I, mom, I'm going fishing. And me and my brother and my buddies, we were all the same age. And we'd go down to the reservoir and catch carp all day long. You know, carp bigger than us. Um, yeah, so I started out like that. Family always had places like up at uh, Higgins and Houghton Lake area. So we did a lot of fishing. And that's where the family did the deer hunting and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I did it when I was younger um, because of some moving and stuff. Um, there were a few years that I, I could still fish, but the hunting, it was just hard to get to. Okay, yeah. And I, we first met you through coyote hunting, actually. Yep. Yeah, we were on the message board. Well, even prior to, uh, to uh, oh, uh, Michigan Predator Hunters, there was the other message board. Yeah, Ben Van Weeren's scrap horn. But before, before his. Oh, okay. There was one way back. Man, I don't know what that then, one was. Kevin, do you remember? I cannot remember. I can't think of the name, but it was a bulletin board, a lot like the one that, that uh, we were all on, you know, with Michigan, with uh, Predator Hunter Outdoors, Michigan Predator Hunter Outdoors. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's how we met. And it's all been downhill since. <laughs> were you self-taught or did you have anyone that taught you as you grew up? A lot of it was self-taught. You know, I had family, you know, like now I, I'm a traditional bow hunter. You know, I don't, I mean, it's just what I shoot. Um, growing up, I mean, like as a little, little kid, I remember my uncles and my great grandfather used to get together in their backyard, like after church on Sunday and they had big they weren't hay bales. They were like a seltzer bales. And uh, they would do a Sunday shoot every week. And then everybody would go in for dinner. And it was us up to us kids to go out and grab the arrows and take them back. I mean, that's as much as we got to shoot. But yeah, I remember that vividly. Um, as far as bow hunt, you know, and back, the great grandfather at the time, he was probably late 70s. And so they, I mean, traditional archery was what they had. And even my mom, um, who's nearing 80 right now, um, as a teenager, she was, her job was to go down in the basement with her cousins and they all had to flex the arrows for them and glue the tips on. That was their gig, you know, and it was just a big family thing. So, you know, and, and deer camp and stuff was the same way. It was all the uncles and grandparents and everything that got together and went up north. And well, back, back then they were probably using like turkey feathers for fletching. Yep. Yep. Well, and you can still get turkey feathers, yep. but, um, you know, and that's popular with, you know, because we can't traditional shooting traditional with like a plastic vein just doesn't work. Um, but I think there's only one manufacturer and some of you probably call me a liar at the end of this. I think there's only one manufacturer left that makes true turkey feathers and they're out of like Georgia or something. They've got this huge turkey farm um, and that's what they do. They, but anyway. Yeah, you know, a week or so ago, we were watching Old Yeller as a family, and there's a part in it where the mom tells the son, go out and fetch us a deer for dinner. And Carter, yep. my oldest, says, Dad, wouldn't that be sweet to just tell us to go shoot a deer and bring it home for dinner? I said, you have no idea how much <laughs> I wish I could do that and just tell right. you guys to go out. But even nowadays, I don't even feel comfortable sending them down to a park to play by themselves. No, it's so much different now, but, you know, and that's why we have to be strong parents. Um, you know, 
it's up to us to teach them and we need to be with them. You know, it's a dangerous world. We've got to look out for them. You know, it's not like it used to be, you know, like I said, when I was a kid, I would literally get up at the crack of dawn, grab my fishing pole and a can of corn. And we were all summer long, we were at the water and just before dark, you know, the whole, before the street lights come on, I was home and my mom never worried about me or she'd say, well, you know, check in. So half the day I'd check in just so I could either get more corn or something to eat and go right back. It was a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really feel bad for kids that can't grow up that way. So when you were catching carp, did you guys eat carp at all? Nope. Never nope. tried it? Nope. Never. I, I seen somebody try to cook one once and I don't understand what happened, but it almost turned like blubbery weird. I mean, I look, I know that some of the smaller carp, you can, you know, they smoke them or, or do, you know, like sucker, but, uh, with the bigger ones, I don't know if they get fattier. I, I don't know. Yeah. We, I really, I've never tried them. We tried sucker, uh, the first week or two that we were down for the original COVID shutdown, we went out and caught some suckers on the river and everybody said they were really good smoked, but we brought them home and smoked them. The flavor was right, but man, the Y bones in those things, those little tiny yep. Y bones, I I pretty much said I'm not doing that ever again with all those bones in it. Right. Well, and there's so much better fish to eat. Yeah. When you get right down to it. You know, that's what, you know, down here in Florida. It, so Florida itself is a fisherman's paradise. I mean, we stick out in the middle of the water, man. There's water everywhere. Um, now, where I live, I'm about... I guess about 20 minutes from the Gulf um, or well, 20 minutes from the Harbor and about an hour, I guess, from the true Gulf. Um, even though the river that runs by us is, well, it's the Peace River, starts way upstate, runs all the way down and it runs out into the Gulf. Um, so like, um, it's been about a month ago. Um, the Peace River is pretty much brackish water, which that means it's, part salt, part fresh. And, but you catch a lot of saltwater species in there. And a month ago, I guess we were, we were fishing for bull shark in there. So, and that's like literally 10 minutes from my house. So the opportunities are just here for fishing. Hunting on the other hand, Florida's not a super hunt friendly state. You know, there are some cool aspects like hogs are a free for all. You know, they're dead on site no license required, nothing. Um, coyotes open all year round. Um, but they have weird, like, but you got to find property. And up there you go to a farmer and you go, Hey, can I, you know, down here, we don't have like Michigan farms, you know, where you got the big barn and you got the big pasture and there's a bunch of cows in it here. I, I mean, they run steer, but they've got, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres fenced in where they have these cattle just wild grazing and uh it's really hard to get on them it used to be a liability thing um you know and i'm sure there's some people that cause damage but what's happened is the farmers found out that it's big money they can you know you want to hunt a hog down here being from michigan so you go to maybe one of the outfitters and they go oh yeah we'll put you on a hog for 275 bucks well they've worked out leases with a lot of these ranchers so they 
pay for a hunting lease there. And that's how you get on it. It's not, not like Michigan at all. Um, our state land, so Michigan state land, deer season. You go out there during deer season, you can kill a deer. Here we don't have, all right, so Florida says that they have, I think it's 6 million acres under this wildlife management area, which is WMAs, which are what all these parcels are called. They say there's like 6 million acres, but a large portion of that is the water. But they do have these great big parcels, but most of them are pay to play or quota hunts. So you got to, you, you apply for like a lottery. And like if it's deer season, deer season lasts a month, that WMA that you applied in that maybe you pulled a permit for, that permit might only be good for one weekend. And that's it. And the, the FWC, which is our equivalent of your DNR, they don't manage so good. <laughs> the idea of these wildlife management areas is to um, make it so more people have the opportunity, so there's less people out, you know, so you're not like opening day on state land in Michigan where it's just that bright orange free-for-all. Mm -hmm. um, so they try to keep it, and that's what they say the quota system is, is so that they might only let, you know, on 2,000 acres or something, they might only let 50 people which seems great, but they don't really manage the wildlife and the wildlife just runs off. They haven't flushed out by opening day. And, you know, so now there are bigger areas. I've got a friend that lives up in a, I'm not going to give away the area, but he lives inside of a WMA and it's like, it's seriously 24,000 acres. Okay. It's a quota thing. So you submit to get uh, permit for the year for that, but it's 450 bucks. So are you going to use that? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For me, it's hard. It's like three hours away. So it's not like I could just mow the lawn and run out and, you know, run up three hours. Well, I got On a the question. other hand, oh, go ahead. I got a question for you. What type of yeah. terrain is the bulk of that hunting available? I mean, is it swamp land? Because I know there's a ton of that down there. Is it high ground? There's a ton of swamp, um, a lot of palmettos. So I guess the best way to describe it is they're like a little palm tree. But they're stubby, but it's so thick. I mean, you know, in Michigan, we talk about hunting through thick stuff, which is kind of brushy and whatever. This stuff is terrible. Um, and especially like if hogs, they get into the deepest, nasty, and they'll crawl and get it. And that stuff, it, it's, it'll cut you. I mean, the, the, the fronds on it will cut you. Um, matter of fact, I was walking through the other day, of course I was wearing shorts and Crocs, uh, but it was hot <laughs> in my defense. Uh, and see, that's the other thing too. So in Michigan, you go, well, I got to get my shiver shield on or I'm going to freeze here. There's some days you can't take off enough. So I think the deer season in my area opens like, um, I wanted to say August 1st. Yeah. I thought it was it's early. It's the first archery season. It's early. And you know, it might be 93 degrees 
you just it's miserable i'm it's 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 a hard hunt and then if you do get into some night so let's go back into the whole train and, and land access so we've got i've got permission to hunt a property for hogs um and it's archery only cool with that um and it's it's part swamp but it's a lot of just that brushy stuff now it will flood you know with heavy rains it'll flood out and it'll really then you're going back in waders um but you get down in there and, and you've got all the palm trees and all the brush and these white oaks that'll block the wind but now you've got no wind and it's still 98 degrees no breeze and the mosquitoes are horrible um there's a special bug we got down here called the no seam which you don't see them they just bite you and they're horrible i mean they're just terrible everything in florida will either sting you bite you maim you or kill you with no remorse there's so much stuff down here like and see that's with, with say coyote hunting you know you set up on the ground you've got to watch out for fire ants you've got to watch out for you know, rattlesnakes um maybe scorpions you know, all kinds of crap and it's thick. I mean, if you could get like a nice cow pasture, you could hunt yotes pretty okay. Like I said, except for the fire ants, the snakes, and everything else that might want to bite you. Um, the other thing too is predator hunting here. As far as calling, a lot of there's a lot of people that are sort of paranoid because you know we do have our bobcat here. We've got the coyotes here are funny looking because they don't have to grow a thick coat of fur. So if you think about it, if you shaved your coyote's legs, everyone you kill, how funny they'd have just have long legs like this, they're bizarre. They just, they look alien. Um, but, you know, we also have panthers. Um, uh, even aggressive hogs. So, you know, if you're set up, you know, waiting for a, you know, and you're calling a coyote and you get a panther that comes in and decides he wants to know where that sound's coming from, could be an issue. And if one gets you, it's going to be a bad day. Um, Have you seen any of them I, out there? I haven't personally. Um, they track them pretty heavy, but I've talked to some guys local here that had moved from up north and they, uh, they'd been like deer hunters and everything. And I had two of them tell me that they were out in one of these wild areas and, and were out just walking deer hunting. And they heard um, one of the panthers growl. And they said, I'll never go back in the woods again. And I was like, what, what are you I went to the zoo, dude, and they had this panther there. And I'm taking pictures of it. And it was cool. And I go to walk away and this thing roared. If I ever heard that in the woods, <laughs> there would be a skid mark all the way out. It was just bone jarring. Just, you know, I got to imagine it'd be like being an African outside your tent hearing a lion. So, you know, and, you know, if you get a big boar hog, they could be aggressive. Um, Does Florida have bears? Yep. Yeah. And they, so the first year I was down here, they had a bear hunt. And it was a quota hunt. So, and they reached their, I don't remember, I, I wanted to say the number of, I'm probably lying, but I think the number was like 300 bears statewide. And they got 
to that number like in two days. That number was filled and it was, all right, it's done. And they were supposed to do that like for a few years and then reassess, kind of like Michigan's done in the past. And they just did it that first year. And then all the Andes come out and said, no, 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 don't kill the bears. But they, you know, most of the human bear interaction is due to human neglect. You know, the trash cans out, the leaving the animal food on the back porch. Because they'll see them now a little further south of me, like Fort Myers, bear sightings happen quite often in neighborhoods. Same way with coyotes, though. But it's so hard. You know, these cities have become so restrictive on, on hunting, discharging any weapon, that these animals are just moving into the safe areas. They're the neighborhoods. You know? Going back to you're talking about calling and different animals that might show up. I know guys call for gators. Have you ever ran into gators when you've been out hunting? Not, not when I'm like in a tree blind or even a ground blind. No, I haven't run into them. Now, I've seen pictures down here where a buddy of mine took a picture like straight down from his tree stand. And there was a gator that couldn't have been eight foot further. But it was just coming through. Gators don't, they really don't want you. Right. There, there's easier stuff to get than a human. Um, but, now, right now, it's mating season, though. They can be a little testy now because you know how we get. And uh, when they make nests, you know, if you stumble on a nest and a mom's there, you're going to have a bad day. Yeah. And that's how like kayakers and stuff get hit um, this time of year. You know, they might go too close to the shore and you're a threat. Right. You know, so, but no, as far as gators down here, the only ones that are a problem are the ones that have had human interaction where they've been fed, you know? Because grandma would go out and think it was cute to throw marshmallows. Well, one day grandma's going to walk out. She's going to forget the marshmallows. <laughs> kind of like that and movie Lake Placid. That's yeah. Betty White was doing that. She was feeding that gator yeah. and then it ate her husband. <laughs> exactly. But that's, you know, and that's a couple of years back. I'd looked at all the actual human gator attacks and just about all of them can be attributed to uh, humans mm -hmm. just being foolish. Um, you know, they cause a lot of animals to get hurt. So you've been on a gator hunt down there, haven't you? I've been on multiple. Um, it's a blast, but it's not swamp people. So you can't now, if you do one of the pay hunts on one of these properties, you can hunt with a gun. Okay. And you can take it night or day. Don't matter because it's, it's a ranch. You know, these are, it's all fenced, uh, but actual gator season. And once again, that's a drawing, it's a lottery. And uh, so if as a resident to get, if you go into the lottery and you get it, you uh, it's like 350 bucks, I guess. And that's two gator tags and your trapping agent license. And so you're allowed two gators. Um, but so the times are like, 5 p.m. to 10 a.m. is the only time you can hunt them. You can't have a gun on the boat. You can have a bang stick to finish them off, but it's not like swamp people. It's not, you can't run a hook in line. You can't even use a hook in that aspect. Now, they will run a snag hook to try to get them close, you know, to either harpoon them or shoot them with the bow or whatever. Because um, a lot of guys, they do crossbow them too. Um, I did it with traditional bows just because I wanted to be you know, some badass, 
but uh and it was fun it was fun but it's not swamp people it just isn't um how's gator meat amazing but it's like anything and you guys know very well any kind of wild game meat from the time it dies till the time it hits the table it needs to be taken care of um gator meat if done properly if clean properly right from the get-go chilled packaged it's amazing but i've had some that taste every bit of swamp because um it, gators for instance they swim in these nasty swamps eat dead things they and they stink i mean they just they stink the breath's bad um <laughs> they you know a, a gator bites very you can get infected pretty quick with a gator bite um but when we do our gators we lay them out before we break the skin we scrub them down with bleach water hose them down scrub them down again and just make sure to get all that bacteria off because if you break the skin before you get rid of that bacteria it's going to take the meat you know um and, and that's another thing down here you know we're up north all right you shoot a deer you gut it out you hang it in the garage for a week two weeks whatever it's cold out not a problem here it's paramount that you get stuff refrigerated you, you don't have you can't it's not one of those well you know we'll let it sit and i'll track it the next day because it's going to be it, either the meat's going to be bad or the buzzards have already ate half of it um the buzzards down here take care of a lot of our roadkill a lot you don't see it like with michigan you know with the dead deer on the side of the road you don't see that down here and hogs get hit all the time especially so the area i'm in um our house butts up to a nature preserve and there's there's hogs in there <clears throat> but they try to cross the main road and a lot of times they don't make it you know it's gonna be rough on car oh yeah i can't imagine hitting one i mean you know hitting a deer you know they got those little legs and once you knock them out they kind of i mean i've seen some damage done by deer but i can't imagine just a a 200 pound chunk of meat that's standing four inches off the ground hitting it no right. way man yep. <laughs> a lot of times i think it's like semis and stuff that clip them um but uh like i said just meat from the time it dies till the time it hits the table down here in my opinion is even more important than up there because there's no hanging it there's no going out and getting it the next day um when we the last hog i killed i had it dead butchered and in a cooler within four hours it's just you have to yeah which kind of sucks to. because meat gets better the longer you can kind of age it yep if now you know there are people that have you know access to like meat lockers and stuff um and i know down here i've talked to a couple people about it what it is is like there's this special unit that you can put on just like a window shaker air conditioner and it will it bypasses the thermostat itself so it gets to whatever 36 degrees or whatever and it'll hold it that and just keep running and running and running so it's kind of a makeshift cooler thing and down here it would probably be a good investment um now during gator season a couple of the um slaughterhouses do have coolers that are open overnight you know because you're killing between five at night and ten in the morning 
So if you've got a gator take care at 3 a.m. and you don't have the capacity to do it, um, you can haul it into a meat locker and they put a tag on it. Um, yeah. So when you eat gator, is there specific cuts of that or is it the whole gator is good to eat? The whole gate, you know, and you always hear about, oh, it's, you know, the tail meat, the tail meat. Um, but there's like an underside tail meat they call like the jelly roll. Um, there's tenderloins, the jowls. I usually will not put the jelly roll in my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's excellent. It, I haven't, I mean, like I'll even do um, gator legs because their, their legs are weird. They're almost like, so you cut their little feet off and what you're left with is almost like a chicken wing, but just big. <laughs> and so, I mean, you make up some hot wings or whatever. It's really, it, it's just really good meat. What, um, what would you compare gator meat to? Is it fishy at all? No, not at all. Gator meat to me, not, like I said, we're pretty meticulous with, um, well, with all of our animals, but especially hogs and gators because they're, they're filthy animals. Um, but to me, gator is a lot like shark where it takes on whatever flavor you give it. It doesn't taste like anything until you, you know, if you cook it in butter, it's going to taste like butter. If you put, cook it in garlic, it's going to taste like, you know, which, you know, if you treat it right, you know, and you really need to pound it out. It's, it's a firmer meat. You know, they're freaking dinosaur, man. It's, you know, you really, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I know what you're thinking. No, I'm not thinking anything about pounding out thicker meat. <laughs> so what has been your favorite way to have gator? So I found a recipe about, it's been about five years ago now. Um, are you familiar with a YouTube channel called Deer Meat for Dinner? No. Sounds right. like I should look so, it up, though. Well, it's it's Robert Arrington. He's down here, like he's up in Jupiter, Florida, which is other coast and up. Um, and he runs gator hunts and stuff, and he does a lot of hunting and fish, a lot of fishing, especially. But he's got a ranch up north. Um, but there's a spice company down here called Everglades Seasoning, and uh, it's made in Sebring, Florida, and early on when I got down here and I, I had a gator and all of a sudden I had this freezer full of gator meat and I'm like what the hell do I do now and I watched one of his videos about he did a whole butcher video and prepping and everything and one of the things he did was he just took cutlets and uh he um cubed them out and then so he would get a pan with melted butter and some garlic and some onions and just get it up to where it was hot, but not like, not bubbling, not burning, not going to fry nothing. And he would shut it off and he put the Everglades seasoning on the gator, drop it in that pan and let the, the gator meat soak up that butter and onion and garlic, and then quick throw it on a grill. Dude. And that's how I ate when I first got down here and I had a ton of it. I ate it that way forever. You know, now I'm doing some other stuff with it. Now I'll do like do kebabs and whatever but um that's one of my favorite ways ways to have it I feel like, and sometimes we'll do the legs for wings i'll have to pick your brain on that a little bit more i'm hoping to make it down to louisiana for a gator hunt if not this year maybe next year 
that'd be that'd be a blast and, and you'll you'll enjoy it as long as it's a, a true hunt like i said a lot of these people that get i mean you know and i say it's down here but even up north you know there's a lot of people that just want more of a trophy than a hunt and you know that's why they pay the big money to go to the game ranches for these huge behemoth deer that there's no possible way these grow you Doesn't know in nature. Look natural no no <clears throat> no like a victoria's secret model it just it's something ain't right yeah it's <laughs> been modified the hunt i'm gonna do is with the guys from rougarou hog control oh and, yeah uh, yeah they do i mean it's not gonna be a ranch or anything it'll be on you know wild animals and right. they can only hunt them in the daylight down there well of course they're they're carrying guns too right because i think they can use guns see that's yep. i think that might be plus florida's a little weird i part of it might well gators are easier during the day here because they go up on the bank and they'll just lay up on the bank you don't have all you got to do you know an hour ago i went to the local walmart and you know how all walmarts have like a little pond behind them and up north they'll have like canadian geese these ones have gators yeah i've seen some huge huge i don't know if you guys remember about three or four years ago i posted some pictures of a, a big gator tearing up like a I don't know if it was a raccoon or what it was, but it was like up on its tail and ripping it up. That was behind Walmart. I mean, <laughs> there was no fence. It was just this big swampy water hole and this gator just lived there. I took a ton of his pictures. Um, it, it had to be at least a 10 foot gator, just a big gnarly old gator. And they yank them out of there every time it, they start intimidating their, uh, the one part that's fenced up there, it's funny because so once a month or whatever, somebody's got to go in there and mow, you know, so they'll get on the riders and then somebody's got to go around with the tree trimmer. As soon as they see a gator, man, they're back out the gate calling somebody and they haul them out. And then they end up going to these ranches. I was going to say, there's probably not a real big homeless population in those areas, is there? <laughs> well, there are, there are camps, but every now and then there's a tent left and some clothes and then you know, they don't know and they don't really look which is really weird so yeah well if the, if the gators don't get you the hogs will um like what? i said the buzzards i've never you know up north you know we've got our turkey vultures or whatever these buzzards down here i mean they come in on something i've gone by in the morning where like say a fresh killed hog come back eight hours later and it's nothing but bones they're mm -hmm. pretty impressive pretty impressive in terms of the hogs you have down there is it a particular type of hog i mean is it like razorbacks is it like no, feral domestic they're, they're in my opinion they're feral domestic i mean it's just a long time ago a bunch of them got out and right and right. you know and they may have worked downstate too you know from some of the other states um but I, it, they're so, and hogs are different too, because first of all, you know, I mean, they're really smart, but most people down here hunt them either with dogs or a feeder, right. you know? I mean, if you can get on land, but, but if you put a feeder out, you can train them pretty easy. Um, we've got a hog property here that I can bow hunt that we've got the timer set up now where they come in within a half an hour, either way of the, you know, so that's kind of nice to have that little grocery store like i said you got to be fast and they aren't 
so with wild hogs for some reason like under their limbs they have uh glands you got to get those glands out because if you don't it'll just ruin the meat and i'm not sure why they have them because i don't think a domestic pig does but that's no, there, that's part of it is there question. still the concern with the hogs down there like there is up here of trichinosis not that i know of. i mean they don't mention it but like i said it's a non-regulated game okay. you know it's just it's just a kill on site species florida's that's the one of the cool things about it too if it's um a non-native or invasive species or if it's invasive i shouldn't say just non-native but invasive they pretty much just say all right kill it you know <laughs> there's well and i was told stories so back when like hurricane charlie came through and some of these game ranches the fences came down and these fenced i guess they could have been african animals got loose theoretically you know you could have a gazelle walking through your yard and shoot him in the face and it's perfectly legal so I, i'm always waiting for that water buffalo I haven't seen one yet go to but, walmart again yeah i know well <laughs> yeah i've seen a hog or two up there um, fitting pants <laughs> well uh, so when you were in michigan what was your favorite game animal to hunt? Probably deer. Just because, you know, deer season was all about camaraderie and friends getting together, families getting together. I mean, hunt camp, you know, no matter who you, hunt camp is just fun. Um, you know, I like, you know, the predator hunting and stuff um, when you can find time to do that. But deer season, you could just take maybe that week while, you know, back in the old days when guys could just take the whole first week of deer season off. And that's what everybody did. You know, you went to deer camp and you, know, you told stories and you had chili and, and. Just a good time. Just a good time. Um, now, I was lucky enough here. And like I said, I've got access to this hog property through, I met this Mark Harrison and his wife, Allison, with the uh, um, Omnivore's Homestead and Quivers. And they lived really close here. And we just started talking one day online actually he killed a bobcat with his bow he was out hog hunting and this bobcat came in and it was like the last couple days of bobcat season and we would kind of corresponded before but i shot him a message and went dude you know because he posted the video and i'm like dude you know bobcat season closed two days ago he said what and he and then he called me and he said man he said appreciate you looking out for me but he he had posted a hog video first and then the bobcat, but they were killed in the opposite time. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, but which is a great video of sticking a bobcat with an arrow and longbow. And it was probably about a 25 yard shot. I've never seen a cat jump so high. It was the coolest thing. I mean, three flipped. Ah. But uh, and your cats anyway, down there have nice spots to them. Oh, they're beautiful, beautiful. And unfortunately, <laughs> about a month ago, he he'd, and this has been, I think, two maybe three years that he'd killed it, and he took brought it to this local taxidermist, and uh, he couldn't get a hold of the guy. He'd they've since moved from my area up about three hours away, 
And uh, so finally he got a hold of me and said, Hey, you're coming up here. Would you get a hold of this guy and just get my Bobcat? You know, he said it's done. Get the Bobcat. We, I did. Oh my God. This is the worst tax. Oh man. It is so bad. His wife took it at the house and put it like high up on a gun shelf where you can, you can just see that you go, Oh, what a pretty cat until you see it. Cause Oh my, it was the worst taxidermy job I've ever seen in my life. Well, the um, state predators are some of the hardest ones to do, right? Yeah, but the, oh, dude, this one's oh, bad, I, bad. It was bad. It was, it was, you know, you see those ones on the internet where you go, how bad this one could qualify. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that was like in the correct position and correct proportion, I think, honestly, between us, like the butthole, that was it. <laughs> Everything else. Everything else, you know, the, the back leg like comes out, but the hips up here. It's like the legs not hooked to the hip. It anyway, anyway, um, that's the bobcat story. But yeah, the bobcats they're they're absolutely beautiful down here. We've got the Osceola turkeys, um, and like I said, there's coyotes. They're just not. They don't have good looking fur, but it, that's the difference in the animals down here. So like the pigs in my area immediate area won't have any fat on them or hardly any at all i see up where mark lives now they will have some fat generally it's a yellow fat from like the acorns and stuff but the reason our deer like don't have the big bases and everything because you, you might see a nice eight or ten point theoretically but their bases are tiny but it's because we don't they're not living on soybeans they're not living on wheat they're not living on corn they're eating this swag grass and acorns that you know and, and they don't put on fat and that's even if you see a nice size deer it'll look you'll see its ribs it's not that it's malnourished it just has no fat doesn't need to mm. it's not going to get cold right they don't bulk up like that so um but what about other reptiles i mean i know there's Guys that hunt iguana down there, they had a boa season or a python season. Pythons, um, pythons in the Everglades. And it's a, you know, and they, they call it a competition, which it is. And you can get paid by the FWC for killing them, whatever. I think you get like 50 bucks for them or, or so much a foot, you know, so there's a price, you can make a couple bucks doing it. But like just anybody can't do it. You, you've got to, like you have to show that you've had a past of doing this kind of thing or something or been affiliated somehow with an animal trapper. It's weird. I looked at the rules when it first came up and I went, doesn't sound like fun. Now the iguanas and their problem, um, and they're a kill on site species, even though, you know, they say to do it humanely. Um, used to be, they'd tell you to throw them in the freezer, which it'll kill them. You know, but a lot of guys down here, and so, like, you, I don't know if you've seen, like, Tim Wells and a few other people have come down here with the blowguns yep. and done it. Um, they'll do that. There's another method that they use, and they'll get, like, a 12-foot fishing pole, and they'll run, like, say, two foot of line off the front of, like, fluorocarb line and tie a noose in it, and just literally, these things will be out in the sun, and they just, like, put it out in front of them and come back. <laughs> and it just hates them and they're up there kicking around on the yeah um and there are iguana hunters you know companies you know like a pest control 
that'll come out and a lot of them are using the uh, uh what are they called pc i'm gonna say pcp and everything oh my god he said drugs pcp <laughs> air guns yeah you know like the like the 357s and that kind of stuff and they'll go through neighborhoods and just take them right off the top of the houses and stuff hmm. it's pretty cool so you said that iguanas are a problem do they cause problems or are they just yeah. a bunch of them no they, they cause a problem first they they dig up underneath um like seawalls they burrow so they'll dig underneath seawalls and uh and cause land loss but the other thing is they get into the um, native fruit and flower trees and stuff and will just decimate them. They just sit up there and eat. You know, and some of these things, they're huge. They're huge. The thing with Florida is anything that you put here is going to thrive. I, they don't, cold's not going to kill them unless they have a natural predator. And that's the thing with like the pythons. There's nothing... They've got no predator. They've got nothing. You know, they sit, they, they're in the Everglades, they eat the deer, the raccoon, the rabbits, the waterfowl, you know, the, the nests, everything. And even, you know, I mean, there's videos of them attacking and consuming a gator. What do you do with that? <laughs> you know, and they can have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of eggs. So, yeah, they're a problem. Hmm. They're, they're an issue. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that iguanas were vegetarians until I had one as a pet. And yeah, you know, I, when I was younger and I still kind of like that way, I like to have pets that eat other animals. <laughs> and okay. I got an iguana thinking, oh, I'm going to feed this thing mice and everything. And I get it. And they're like, no. recommended food is like lettuce. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Right. That's my buddy's daughter's got a little bearded dragon though. And it eats like mealworms and stuff. <clears throat> so it's kind of cool like that. Yeah. But yeah, the, the iguanas are pretty much, I, I think they're pretty much just herbivores. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's it's the devastation they do to the local foliage and undermining properties and stuff like that. They're, they're kind of a bad deal. Um, and you see them, I mean, they'll get out in sun. You know, it's funny. Now, I've never been part of the falling iguanas. Usually that happens around like the Miami area, but that's what will happen. It gets down below like 36 degrees or something. Their body just shuts down. And they're laying up in the tree, and all of a sudden, they, eh. so <laughs> so you're driving. Cool lot. You're driving, and you got iguanas just dropping out of trees. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. You know, and see, that's what people <laughs> were making a mistake because they go, "Oh, we got to save the iguana." You know, it's laying there; it looks dead. Put it in their car to take it somewhere to get it. You know, and then it warms up because they don't die; they're just dormant. You know, and now all of a sudden, it's in the car; it warms up, decides it wants to go. <laughs> yeah yeah tree huggers every time yeah. that's how people get hurt when you moved to florida you said deer was pretty much your your favorite animal to, to go after right. in michigan when you moved to florida did you have high hopes of continuing the deer hunting i, I mean were, I had, was it like a culture shock almost going down there trying to deer hunt yeah because you know, I, I mean, spending 39 years or whatever, or I guess it was 40, I don't know, well, however long I was in Michigan, 40 years, I don't know, I'm old, I don't remember. But uh, yeah, I mean, deer hunting was just, and, and seeing deer all the time was just a part of it. I mean, that was, that's Michigan. 
Then all of a sudden down here though, it I think it was for the first two years I was down here, I never even seen a deer. They're just, you know, but I'd see hogs and gators and every other freak in nature. Um, so yeah, it was it was a shock. And I thought there would be a little bit more access to hunting, but it's hard. It's hard. You really gotta, you know, know somebody or have money. So would you say you that's know? the hardest part about hunting in Florida is land access? Access. It 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 definitely is. You know, and they're out, and I say that. So I'm down well, mid mid golf area. And it gets warmer down here. Now, the area I'm in is very agricultural-ish. I mean, there's cows. We got a lot of cows. So there's a lot of open ground and stuff that you can't get access to. But there's far, there used to be far less people here. It was very undeveloped. Uh, my mom's been down here about 30 years. And her area, when she first moved down, was literally like a cow field. That was it. And now it's all built up and there's a big walmart dc across the road and um it's turned into a four-lane highway she's got street lights for god's sakes um and we've seen a big influx of people especially um during and after the plague here everybody wants to move here so many people um found out they could work remotely so why are you going to live in ohio and work remotely when you could live in some place with your feet in the pool all year round and work remotely. So everybody wanted to move here. Well, the other side of the state is full. You know, if you look like at a nighttime, uh, like satellite map of Florida, you'll see the other side is just lit up like the 4th of July and very compressed. And, uh, and this used to be the dark area and they're starting to build it all up. You know, they're chopping out all kinds of, um, the preserve on the back side of our house beyond that, um, they just put in a big development that's got to be at least right now. I think their plan is for 3,000 new homes in this subdivision. It's just huge. You know, they're just taking up a lot of the land, pushing a lot of the wildlife out. Um, and I don't know if it might be an animal fights back situation. You know, people might start getting hurt. I mean, Gators can be in a mud puddle. They're what I call ditch gators. You can literally, after, let's say, a bad tropical storm and you get a little flooding and your ditch is full, it's nothing to see a three or four foot alligator laying in your ditch. It just, you know, but that's what happens when people move into areas that, you know, Florida was a swamp, man. <laughs> the whole deal was a swamp. So, yeah. Now that you've been there for a while, what is your favorite animal to hunt? Hogs, definitely. Why? Because of how many there are? Or? Well, look, it's more accessible. The, uh, the meat's amazing. I mean, you know, when you talk about, uh, the boy talk about, hey, you know, dad, you know, old yeller got to go out and just shoot a deer. Wouldn't that be? Here, if you had say two acres or something in a feeder, he could go out in the backyard and he could fill your freezer. You know what I'm saying? Um, and they are, they're, they're everywhere. They're destructive. Um, 
and they're shooting at, and you don't even need a hunt license. Legit. You just kill them and grill them, man. It's amazing. But see, the other stuff, like, I, I don't know how much your deer license in Michigan now. 20 bucks a piece. Okay. Oh, a tag for tag? I, or, for a combo license with the, man. Yeah, I think it's $40 for a combo for two bucks and then $20 for a doe tag. You pay $71 for a doe tag, two buck tags, and your base license that is required by the state right. to buy any other tags. Yeah, I remember that started like right after I left or right before I left was that base license crap. But um, see down here, now I buy what they call a gold sportsman. Every year, it's like 100 or 110 bucks. But it's my saltwater and freshwater fishing license. It's my turkey license. It's my deer license. And so deer season here, first of all, we don't have tags. It's all call-in reporting. And your deer season, you can take two bucks and three does. And it's just, you know, they depend on people to call in and actually tell them they do it. Um, and it also covers, there's other stuff that that sports, but like I said, it's 100 or 110 bucks a year. And that's like literally... I can do everything except the special quota hunts um, or like if I applied for Gator. Um, but other than that, for anything you'd want to do, it's there. Um, you know, when we talked the other day about talking about this and predator hunting down here. So nighttime hunting can be done on private land. This is the weird part. So you don't need a, uh, you need, I guess, just a hunting license, which isn't a lot of money. But so to hunt, even on somebody else's property, you need, uh, it's called a nighttime gun and light permit, but it's absolutely free, but you got to get this permit. It's, I don't understand. Well, I, I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't understand why, but is what it is. I just don't know a lot of people that trust hunting at night down here, maybe with hogs, if you're high up in a blind. Um, I think there's just a lot of people that are kind of paranoid and I'm one of them. I really don't want to sit on the ground squealing like a little pig. <laughs> you just never, I mean, oh God. That'll bring back I mean, bad childhood memories. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, here comes the canoe. Oh no. <laughs> I hear banjos. <laughs> that's right. If the banjos, they are a playing. Oh, um, how's the fishing? It, it it can be wonderful it, it's amazing because if you fish in salt water it's like christmas because you just never you could you could catch a catfish right now in 10 minutes you could catch a shark you catch a stingray you can catch a huge snow i mean there's just everything in the water everything most of it will try to maim sting or kill you but there's everything you know, it's amazing. Um, you, like I said, you can have days where you can catch seven different species right from shore. So, yeah, as far as is fishing, it, it's honestly a paradise. There's a lot of public access um, for fishing. There's a lot of uh, dock access um, because a lot of people in Florida have boats, once again, because we're surrounded by water. Um, you don't, like, so, you know, up north, like come fall, wintertime, all of a sudden all the boats go up for sale. 
down here that don't happen. It's just never, there's never a good time to buy a boat. They're just always, you know, don't sell a lot of snowmobiles down here, but there's just no, I mean, boats and motorcycles. They're have, two popular, popular recreational vehicles. Have you got into any tarpon? I haven't, I've seen them and seen them breaking. I haven't got into any, um, and, and they are a fascinating fish. And it's one of those fish that I haven't caught, but it's not like on my list right now. The, the fish I really want to catch right now um, is a peacock bass. That's my goal for the year. Those are cool um, looking fish. They're so beautiful. So they beautiful. Look, look like they fight like crazy on videos. Oh, yeah. 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 That's the deal. Um, so, well, before me and my daughter had a trip planned um, to drive down, um, there's this um, big cypress. Uh, national forest or whatever down in the everglades and we're going to go down there because all along alligator alley as you go down there there's like these little river creeks streams whatever alongside of alligator alley that you can fish you just pull off the side of the road and fish and they're full of uh you know they'll have peacock bass they'll have cichlids they'll have oscars all kinds of these just cool exotic fish that are uh well with the cichlids and the oscars those are invasive the peacock bass are non-resident, but they were planted here like in the 40s or something by the FWC to take care of other invasive fish. One of those stories. Um, but they started like the Miami area and now they're starting to work this way. Um, but that's my goldfish this year, just because they're, they're absolutely beautiful. Um, we were out, you know, and we talk about different species and the cool things you can see. You know, I was out the other day. I took um, a buddy of mine's son called me and said, you know, Kevin, will you take me out fishing? I'm like, let's go. And we just got shot down all day. And at the last minute before we get ready to pack up, he caught a spotted eagle ray. Oh, wow. The most, I mean, absolutely beautiful. Um, and it was a quick, we, we got it up in a, in a bridge net after like a 10 minute fight. It was insane. Um, and got it unhooked and everything. I got a couple of pictures. We got right back, but it was gorgeous. Um, Last year, two years ago, one of my incidental catches that got released fast was a sea turtle. It was honestly a, a huge moment for me because it was, just, I mean, I didn't want to hook the damn thing. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I was trying to hook it, but it just happened to be on the line. Fortunately, the hook was, you know, I got the hook right out, um, did a couple of pictures and he got released. But just the amazing things you see down here, you know. And maybe, you know, your thing is sharks or dolphin. Today we were out fishing, at, which was of no consequence. Um, but the dolphins were going nuts and like breaching the water seven and eight foot in the air. So, you know, if you're a photographer, if you're a nature enthusiast, the nature enthusiast, um, outdoor addict, that kind of stuff is cool. There's a lot of stuff to see. I mean, you just have to be more careful. In Michigan, I always used to, I'd walk through the woods and I'd always be looking ahead of me or maybe up in a tree. Down here, you better watch where you're watching. I, you just have to, you know, even if it's not a snake or something like fire ants suck. They suck. I have been, oh, they suck. I'm just, <laughs> I'll just leave that there. They suck. And especially if you stand them and you don't realize it, and then all of a sudden they start working their way up your pant leg and then it's on. Then you're running through the woods, stripping off clothes. Yeah, it's it's bad. And then everybody hollers, skunk ape. Oh, yeah. 
Um, do you have a preferred fish that you like to catch and eat down there? Yes. Actually, my favorite is redfish. Um, but I'll take, like, I go out a lot, try to catch, like, mangrove snapper. Because, like, a 13-inch snapper, and I cook those up whole, and those are amazing. I think redfish. But so some of the species, like redfish, um, black drum, and there's a multitude of others, can be wormy if they're too big. Um, back three months ago, I guess, I caught a huge, I mean, like the biggest black drum of my life. I'll never catch one this big again. It was just humongous. Um, and even if I would have felt good about keeping it, because we've got a lot of slot limits here to where, say in Michigan, they say, well, you know, in order to keep a largemouth bass, it's got to be at least 12 inches. So here they might say, well, in order to keep a largemouth bass, it's got to be over 12 inches, but less than 14 inches. Yeah. And so with some fish, you know, and then some fish, you got to measure to the fork in the tail, some to the tip of the tail. Um, but they, they have slot limits. You know, it might be three inches difference or five inches different. So, yeah, and I get it. It's trying to maintain that bigger stock, you know, the breeding stock. Because I know that that black drum that I caught, it, it, like I said, it was just this mammoth. And it was probably wormy as hell. Even if I would have felt good. And it was out of slot, but you could keep one out of slot per day or whatever. And I, yeah, I could have, but... Uh, but yeah, I just know it would have been wormy. It was a lot of meat though. It was well over 50 pound fish. It was huge. It was, it was really nice. One, one of the um, things that always intrigues me down there is like grouper and rockfish and those huge fish that just hang around docks yeah. and bridges. And oh all yeah. That. Goliath grouper. Mm -hmm. And they just, this year, I guess they're supposed to, but another lottery system and pay to play um, to get a permit to be able to take grouper and what's going to happen is it's going to be end up being all these charter captains that end up affording and getting the permits and they'll put their clients out which is cool but and we need to control the goliath grouper because they are huge i mean they'll eat small children if you if you stuck a kid in its mouth it would suck it down they, they're just they're huge mm -hmm. um and so what's happened by them being protected for so long is they've become the dominant species and they can just, their appetite's voracious and they can eat any, I mean, they can eat anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're, they're just, you know, they've got a mouth, you know, big enough, you know, how. So, um, and that's one of those kind of things where they tried to do the best thing for the species and kind of boned everybody else. Kind of like you know? wolves in Michigan. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's exactly. Um, you know, and here's the thing. So the Florida Panthers are protected and I, you know, I don't think there's like thousands and thousands of them or anything. And like every year they list the number of them that are, um, that they find either dead or hit by a car or whatever. And there's a couple hundred a year being from Michigan. I look, you know, if you've got animals that are seem to be nonstop getting hit by cars, that means you got a lot of them. You know, so I kind of question their numbers. It's kind of like the DNR's numbers on deer. It's a good guess, bro, but I don't, you know, and their number on the wolf population and, and 
and all this stuff. Um, I think there's just too much guesswork in ecology. And uh, I, I mean, I think in the end, it's just up to us to be good stewards to make sure, you know, we have, you know, our kids, your grandson has a place to hunt and fish. I mean, it's up to us because they ain't doing it. Right. <laughs> so, so talking about per protected species, are manatees protected? Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't you don't even want to get talk, caught talking to one of them. I just wonder what the um, tastes like. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that you know between the between the, the dolphin and the yeah. Um, but so there's places up um, up north of here, like uh, Crystal River, Rainbow River. And there's places where you can actually. So these rivers are like a perfect. I think they're 65 or 68 degrees all year long because they're spring fed. And they're crystal clear, absolutely. They're just pristine, beautiful water. Um, and they have these little fenced in areas where, when I say fenced, they're roped off areas where the manatee will come in um, during, I guess, when they have their babies or whatever. A certain time of the year, they come in there. And you can, they've got snorkeling um, opportunities where you can snorkel and look at them. But yeah, you get caught touching one, that's it. Manatee police come out and it's done. <laughs> yeah, they're, they, they'll hang you well there was there was a guy that got i think he was down here um in maybe he was i don't know he'd filmed he had his boat parked and it was you know pissing out water like outboards do and the manatee was coming up drinking out of it and they do that they'll follow a boat to do that and because he filmed it and didn't shut off the engine right away everything like he got nailed for it it, what kind of charge it had something to do with with they didn't call it like feed it, it was i don't know if it was called harassment or something they're just weird you know huh. people or they'll see a dead manatee and people go oh my god we've got to save the you know everything's you know the world's gone to hell now the manatee died <laughs> i think that like everything else there's a lot of manatees man you, i don't know you know we see those save everything posts a lot here in michigan too <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and see, you know, and I call, you know, I used to, you know, call them the, you know, the, the tree huggers and bunny humpers. But that was, that's another thing with small game season in Florida. If you can, if you can get the opportunity to find property to do it, rabbit season here. This is weird. Rabbit season is open all year long, but they've got like, I think, uh, squirrel seasons open like four or five months of the year. But rabbits and free for all. You know, I mean, if you got a hunting license, just odd. They just do stuff weird here or different than I'm used to. You know, and there are like duck seasons and stuff here, more towards the coast, but like you don't see a big influx of Canadian geese here. Have but you those tried... sandhill cranes, baby? They were open that up. I'm sky busting, don't care. <laughs> I want to I want to eat one of those so bad. And we have literally, you know. You see, I, I actually, Kevin, I think I seen your post the other day where you talk about a farm and they're out in the field. Um, here, they're just, you'll have six of them walk down the road every day and the nice old people feed them, you know, <laughs> crazy. Have, but I have, think, have, go ahead. Have you tried any spear fishing yet or any like snorkel or diving? No. And, and I tell you, here's a big reason, you know, my daughter, as soon as she, my daughter moved here two years ago, as soon as she got down here, she got scuba certified. She loves to dive. She loves to dive. Because of my facial hair, mm -hmm. I can't get a mask to seal. 
Right. You know, and I know you're supposed to be able to like put Vaseline or something on it and supposedly it works. And when I first got down here, don't laugh, Josh. And when I, uh, <laughs> when I first got down here, I bought one of those full face masks that were all the rage with the little snorkel and it worked for a little bit, but any kind of facial hair just won't seal. And then I'd end up drowning. And, uh, just and I'm afraid of shark eat mask. Now the girlfriend, you know, it's funny because I kind of I got up one day and I'm like, I don't, I'm, I just don't even want to go shave. I don't even want to shave. And she said, well, then grow a beard. And I'm like, I'll show you, I'll grow a beard. And the rest <laughs> is history. Yep. What is the is situation that, on sharks down there? Because I know you can fish. Can you fish for any species shark? You can fish, you can fish for any species. Um, now what you can keep and not keep, that's a whole nother they're not as protected as people think, but their size limits, like, all right, you can't touch a hammerhead. You might, if you get a hammerhead on, you might as well just cut the line and wave goodbye. Um, and they're a tough one anyway. Your chances of you getting it in, unless you're really rigged, they're, they're a tough one. But like um, bull sharks and nurse sharks, they have to be like over 54 inches to keep. Um, black tip shark dogfish a few other ones that are like that there's no uh size limit on them um and black tips great a three or four foot black tip shark is amazing um but no they're not but you can't you can't bow fish them hmm. so and the bow fishing opportunities down here are amazing because you can go out um you know up north i know they do all the carp but down here i mean literally you can you can shoot uh black drum uh sheep's head um the stingrays are the most fun whether it be a southern stingray or a cow nose ray they're a blast because they will fight you i mean even though fishermen down here look at them like a pain in the ass because they are i mean they're really kind of a pain because most guys don't eat them because it's another one of those situations are they edible yes is there better meat yes <laughs> Um, and they're, they're a pain to clean a little bit. Um, actually, later on this year, I'm going to do a catch, cook, and clean um, of Stingray. But um, just, you know, they're, they're, they fight, but they'll also, like, get down in the sand and, like, flap their wings. So it's like suction. So, I mean, you're legit fighting them. So when it's a boring day out fishing and you can get a Stingray on, hot damn, man, because you're going to have a fight. And you, if you get a big one. Yeah. Do you have to fish those off the bottom? Generally, I mean, they are bottom feeders. But like today, we were out, and when the cow nose ray come into the harbor, it's usually a good sign because it usually means springs here. Usually means like maybe the cobia or some of those other fish will come in. Um, but they stay like closer to the water surface. Okay. You know? And they're... Uh, yeah, and they're pretty impressive looking. You know, I've seen big fevers of uh, stingray come through, like the southerns, and it looks like just a hundred kites underneath the water. But the cow knows, like when they they'll bend their wings up, and like the tips will break water, so it looks like two little shark fins, and they go back down, and they'll, um, yeah, we've been out bow fishing before, and they've like jumped across the bow of the boat. It's just insane, insane. Have you uh, seen any manta rays? No, no, no. The closest I've seen is 
What's that? Ever, ever since I read the book, The Black Pearl as a kid, I've been fascinated by those things. Well, you know, the first, you know, it, it's always possible. The first, um, the Eagle Ray the other day was the first one I actually got up close to and touched. But I seen one swim across the front of a pier one time that had to be nearly five foot across, you know, from wingtip to wingtip. Just this big spotted, it, it was just a mind blower. And it was like just underneath the surface. Incredible. So I can imagine with the manta rays, you know. Um, but I think they're out a little deep. They might even be on the ocean side. Okay. I'm not sure. Because the golf and the ocean are too I I know they're all hooked together. I don't get it either. Gotcha. But gotcha. when you um, go out specifically targeting shark, what do you use for bait? Do you, is it meat of some kind? Hot bait, yeah. So we'll catch usually the guys will use ladyfish, um, which is this long silver fish down here um, that don't, they, they're not good to eat. Um, they bleed all the BL, but um, we usually take chunks of that. Now today um, I had some frozen whiting that we caught a couple of weeks back in the uh, freezer. And so I just cut that up, you know, you can buy like frozen sardines, stuff like, you know, so meat primarily, but, you know, and I've got a pole that I specifically rig for shark. And so it's just heavier setup, heavier braid, steel leader and stuff, you know, but last week I was out with it and it started to run and I thought, well, here's a shark or maybe even a big catfish. And it ended up being like a 32 inch snook. And it was an impressive fish. It was, I mean, and I say, impre I mean, it impressed me, <laughs> you know, not that there aren't much bigger, but it was a big, it was a nice fish, but it happened to pick up the cut bait, mm. you know, what so. are the, what are the catfish like down there? They suck. Um, <laughs> any of the saltwater catfish. So there's two kinds, really. There, there might be a third kind. I don't know. But there's two kinds specifically in saltwater. There's a flathead catfish. And there's one called, like, I think they call them the gaff top catfish. But it's, we call them a sail cat. Because their back fin is, like, long and it's got, you have to see a picture of them, but their their fins just got these long kind of tentacle things on them that stick out, and they're kind of I mean for a catfish pretty, but nobody really eats them. And I guess you can with the saltwater catfish, but like they're slimy and I mean initially, and they're just a pain to clean and everything. So not a lot of people, if any, do it. Now the old guys that have been here forever, they'll tell you all kinds of stuff. They'll eat. And they'll go, oh yeah, it's great. Now no, it's not. No, there's better fish. I ain't that hungry yet. <laughs> so that's same way with stingray. I like stingray, but there's better fish. So why? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But have you tried any of the uh more oddball animals to eat down there? Like, you know, like sea urchin or anything like that? Only, only in sushi restaurants. Okay. Um, as far as you know, I've never, you know, because I don't dive or I don't go down to the keys, you know, I've never like stumbled on like a live sea urchin. I'd eat the crap out of it. <laughs> but uh, but no, I like I like uni. Um, you know, like I said, at these restaurants, but most of that I think is coming out of well, probably other countries or like California. Right. Um, the California coast, I understand they've got a really strong urchin population and they do a lot of the row, but um, but no, I mean trying to think of the weirdest thing down here but 
I think the weirdest stuff is probably the stuff that we look at up north. Like, I mean, because we know we can eat raccoons. You can probably eat a possum. You can eat a woodchuck. But there's so much better meat. Mm. <laughs> Why, you know, you really don't find weird down here. I mean, everything's, well, except the people. Nothing. <laughs> you don't find a lot of weird food per se. Right. But, um, yeah. I mean, because for a lot of people, even talking about eating gator, they go, oh, my God, get you know, but it's become such a farmed commodity now. Anybody can get gator anymore. It's pricey, but you know, it's not, you know, that exotic anymore, which is good because, you know, when I watch these, you know, food shows in other countries and I look at some of the odd things they eat and how culture shocked we would be, but I mean, maybe somewhere there's a culture that would have looked at us eating deer is some barbarian, you know, right. you know like French eat horse. I, I don't know. I, well, I don't want to say I'd try a horse because then somebody, yeah, that'll get you hate mail. <laughs> he said he'd eat a horse. Yeah, well, give me a chance at a dolphin one time, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to try it. Right. <laughs> but do you have any yeah. goals for 2022? I do. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm working on a YouTube channel right now. Um, it's live, but it's whew, first couple of videos are pretty rough, um, but I'm working into the uh, whole social media aspect. A big part of that is because I get so many people, you know, like we talked about today where people go, oh, what's it like to shark fish or gator hunt or kill a hog or whatever, or trap a hog or whatever. And instead of trying to explain it, sometimes, I mean, it's just easier to watch a video. I mean, it's no different than you guys going out with, you know, your night vision scope and stuff and showing people this is, this is how it works. You know, we call, we use these calls, we use, you know, um, and so that's what I'm going to try to do. Um, and I talked to my friends there with Omnivore's Homestead and Quiver um, a while back about, you know, Mark's got a nice beard. I started to grow this beard and stuff, and I got tired of uh, stinky cosmetics. And the girlfriend's like, well, I want you to grow the beard because you don't like shave, but could you make it a little softer? And people kept buying me beard oil and it all stunk either that or it would be real heavy. And uh, so I worked, I said, yeah, I, I'm going to do that, but I want something that's all natural because I started reading about like uh, preservatives in your cosmetics or like even your deodorant. There's a chemical substance called like, for instance, parabens these things are, I mean, they're just bad. They can cause reproductive issues. They can increase your estrogen level in a guy, just stuff like this. And I said, look, I want something with no additives and I'm a hunter. I want something that don't stink. And I really don't want to smell like I just, like I'm a 14 year old that just found the Axe body spray. Um, so I worked with, well, I worked with a couple different companies, finally found a company here in the United States. And let's see if, oh, it's not going to matter. But it's called Just Kevin Beard Oil. And that was my brand that I was going to start with. And I tried to get them to make it for me. They were like, no, just do it, whatever. So I started this unscented, all natural beard oil thing. And I've sold enough of it. It pays for my gas and bait money and America. So I kind of want to grow that. And, and uh, I want to do some more stuff with, uh, you know, getting some young people out to fish and hunt this year. Uh, there's a teacher in my area who uh, he'd started a archery club 
in like the junior high kids. And he just recently started uh, a fishing club with them too. So I'm going to help him get a little support and maybe we can make it catch on, you know, because there, there, there's a lot of opportunities and there's more opportunities, honestly, for bow hunters than there are gun hunters here. You know, people That's down here, and it's not the old school Florida, it's the new people that move here, that move from states that are very restrictive on guns. So they think, you know, guns are still scary. It's, it's weird. But see, all right, so you can get a concealed carry permit in Florida. It's not a hard thing to do. But you can't open carry like you can in Michigan. However, if you're going to or from fishing, to or from camping, to or from hunting, you can open carry. So you can be out sitting on the fishing dock, I guess, with an AR, because people have tried it. You know, they do it because you're going to get that test. And with the AR strap, fishing. Do I get it? And do I think we should just, just seem like a little overkill? I just, you know, but it is because we have things down here that'll hurt you. You know, you want protection from the snake or the whatever. But as far as open carry itself, Florida just fights it tooth and nail. It's weird. It's weird, you know, considering we've got so much stuff that can hurt you. So um, speaking of firearms and hunting, I know you have a nice 44 mag. Have you used that down there on the hogs yet? I do. And have I, no, I have not yet. Um, next trip I make north, I'm going to use it. Um, and that's one of my things this year. I want to take um, a hog with a black powder and I want to take one with a handgun. And that, yeah, that 44 will definitely um, get the job done. Um, they, uh, Florida gun laws are pretty, are pretty good too. As far as, I mean, we're still back, we're back to that like three day waiting period or something now, I guess for buying from a store, but I can go, all right. So I get, well, you know, we, I bought a handgun from you. We did all the paperwork, did everything in Michigan. You submit the paperwork, you're done here. I go over to your house and go, here's 200 bucks. You hand me a gun. I go, thank you. And walk away. You just got to say, are you a Florida resident? And I go, yep. All right. Love you. So that's kind of neat, you know, but still you got to go through the store crap. Yeah. So, and I haven't looked into how they're handling suppressors and stuff down here. Who knows? Um, it's just not, like I said, you can hunt here. It's just not a super hunt friendly state like Michigan or Ohio or Indiana. You know, where that's what people grew up doing. Yeah. yeah. There's so many people that live here in most of the parts of the state that aren't, I mean, they're just not from here. Right. So, you know, it is what it is, but yeah. But I, I don't regret my move. Good. It's fun. I'm getting to see new things. And yeah, it's good to see that you're doing good down there. And I really yeah. like, like to hear that you're getting involved in uh, getting the youth involved in hunting and fishing because you know, every kid needs that great, great, great grandfather, grandfather figure. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pappy, can you take me fishing? <laughs> I sure wow. will, kids. I sure will. Sure All will. right. Well, Kevin, I appreciate you taking the time. Kevin, hey. Rott, you got anything else for Kevin Williams? I do have one more thing. Go for it. It's almost our turkey season. Have you done any turkey hunting down there? 
I have not, and I don't know if I'll get out or because our, our turkey season is ongoing right now. There's little time left. Uh, my buddy Mark, once again, he was up the other day. He took his first one with the traditional bow. And that video is up. I talked about it on my if you get a chance to see that video, dude, talk about excited. I have never seen anybody more elated. And it was great. You know what? Look, he's not a 12-year-old, but he gets excited. And this was, I mean, to take a turkey with a trad bow is one of those accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's another thing too during well, hunting hogs is some now a friend of mine took his son out and his son ended up getting a hog with a crossbow. But he had a coyote come out and he texts his dad and said, there's a coyote. And his dad's like, shoot it. And uh, so that would be cool if I was out, you know, on the hog property and had a coyote come through and stick one with a bow. Um, but I see turkey around here, but they're just hard to get to. That's all. I okay. mean, access, okay. access. So, okay. yeah. But I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys call me it's been great to catch up and shoot the stuff um you know we should do it more often yeah you know but on a different form so we can use we can use swear words (laughs) you notice that i cleaned up my act most of our listeners here are all adults so (laughs) yeah but you know you don't want that kid peeking around the corner all of a sudden oh i know guy and he said something about a pony and a short person and peanut butter i don't know what happened Well, Kevin, thank you very much. Kevin Roth, thank you for being here to co-host this one with me. Um, Kevin Williams, if they want to find some unscented, hunter-friendly beard oil, where can they find it? Yeah, so um, it's easiest probably to find me on... Not that uh, Josh has to worry about that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, see, that's why, you know, when Josh had asked me about it, I'm like, man, I can't really, I don't want to, like, push beard oil right in his face like that. Um, (laughs) But uh, on Facebook, it's um, just Kevin 67. Instagram, it's just underscore Kevin 67. And uh, I do have a Facebook page. If you check into those pages, they'll tell you how to get to the Facebook page. But the Facebook page, or the, excuse me, YouTube page is just Kevin, K-E-V-E-N 67. Um, like I said, there's a couple of videos up now. They're not representative of what's going to happen, um, but they're getting my feet wet. Yeah. So I think it's cool. That you can it, always contact, you can always contact Josh because yeah. it ain't like he's going to use it. <laughs> no, I have tons of it. That just goes unused. Well, I think it's Joe, cool that Joe has some. Oh, I, I'm Joe sure he some. does. Yeah. Joe, Joe my brother, better lately? Joe, my like, brother, seen him? his twin Kyle, they can all grow beards just fine. The rest of us. Nope. Not a chance. Not even worth it. I know. Well, yeah, well, that's good. Good. <laughs> It might would look horrible with the beer. It's those estrogen parabens that I've been eating. <laughs> that might be, dude. <laughs> go check your toothpaste. So, so everybody that didn't catch it, his social media is mostly just Kevin, and then he ends it with his age sixty-seven. Yeah. Uh, you guys could all look him up there. Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time. We will uh, have. Hey guys. This- Like I said, it was great catching up. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later on the Overdrive Outdoors podcast.